You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Anybody is going to ever enter the kingdom of God is to come realizing there is nothing I have to offer. I am absolutely, completely dependent on God and His grace and His mercy and what Jesus did, not anything I've done. Complete dependence. There are so many different paths that people are trying to take in the hopes of securing their future in heaven. So often, people just want to get to heaven on their own terms and in their own way. Unfortunately, people will spend their entire lives trying to earn their way to heaven. But as you'll learn from Pastor Danny in today's message, there's only one way to heaven, and that's by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not what you can do, it's what God did. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Mark, chapter 10, as he continues his message, Childlike Faith. Whether you're a Christian or not, you would not be successful in life if it weren't for God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. Without God, you'd have nothing. First Chronicles, David giving for the work of the temple. And David says, everything comes from your hand. We've given you only what comes from you. You gave it to us. We're just not giving it back. First Corinthians, Paul asked the question, what do you have that you didn't receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? That's why Christians especially ought to be very careful. When you score the winning touchdown, you give glory to God. Don't you get into this who's the man kind of thing. Be careful. And we've all been there. God gave us that ability. And in regard to the kingdom, well-known verses in the church, but why do we sometimes not go to the well-known verses? Say it with me. Ready? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Through faith. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. 
The only way anybody is going to ever enter the kingdom of God is to come realizing there is nothing I have to offer. I am absolutely, completely dependent on God and his grace and his mercy and what Jesus did, not anything I've done. Complete dependence. And then, simple trust. Now, this becomes a stumbling block to a lot of people. Simple trust. Let's call it childlike faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever goes to church and gets her act together and starts to look and act like a Christian, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the kingdom. Ephesians. You say, wait a minute, you just used this one. Yeah, but the emphasis just now is different. Not by works just now, but now, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. Through faith. This is not from yourselves, this is the gift of God. What's my job? Believe. And this is a, this is a challenge for some people. Wait a minute, that's, all, that's it? Believe? Just trust? Now, it's another whole message. That, that's not the point of the message today. Another whole message that those who truly enter... By faith, there will be evidence that they're a child of God. That's a message for another time. But the evidence has nothing to do with the entrance or the maintenance. You're not saved by grace through faith and maintained by how well you do. Can anybody say hallelujah for that? I mean, come on. Not an excuse to sin, but I'm not maintained by how well I do. By grace through faith. You look at some of them that the Bible confirms are already in heaven. You wonder how in the world they get there. You look at Samson. I've taught on Samson many times. You look at the repeated failure of his life over 20 years of ministry. But he's there because he's listed in Hebrews chapter 11. He's commended as one who had faith. He's not commended very much for all the mistakes he made. Some of the greatest saints in the Bible made terrible mistakes. Just look at him. Look at David. My goodness, are you kidding me? David? Murderer. Adulterer. Liar. Hypocrite. But he's a man after God's own heart. And he learned, blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. It's by grace through faith. It's simple trust. You don't get in by anything of goodness, and you don't stay there by anything of goodness. It's all the grace of God. The Israelites, since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law. In other words, it has nothing to do with obe obedience. It has nothing to do with obeying a command. Christ is the end of the law. Now, some of us have heard this time and time and time again, but we need to hear it again. 
so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Believes. And then the third, man, a sense of wonder. Oh, Lord. Paul will occasionally in his writings break out in a doxology, and the one that I've chosen in my notes here is 1 Timothy chapter 1, and he starts out in verse 15, says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul, as Saul of Tarsus, didn't always think of himself that way. He was a proud Pharisee. A lot of religious accomplishments. In regard to the law, uh, regard to legalistic righteousness, he says, I was faultless. I mean, he was impressive. He says, all those things I count as loss. Not having a righteousness now of my own. Of whom I'm the worst of sinners. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. And then he breaks out into this doxology. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You know what that's like to me? Seven, 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 seven. And he just breaks out in this doxology to the Lord, a sense of wonder at the grace and mercy of God. I'm not excited about a contingency in the church where there's a real emphasis on intellectual advancement. And don't misunderstand me. Thank God for the men and women in the church that have great intellect. But sometimes... Sometimes when you start to learn a lot, you think you, you know a lot. We better remember something. No matter how much you know, you know nothing. Just ask Job. Don't ever get to the point where you're impressed by your intellect and your knowledge of theological issues. That's why I don't read a lot of heavy theological books. Some people think I don't read them because I don't understand them. I understand them. It's like, to me, I don't, I don't have time. Life is too short. I just finished a tremendous book, Mark Batterson's latest book. I finished it on, read two books on vacation. I'm coming a long way, man. One's called Chase the Lion. It's a follow-up from his first book, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day about Beniah, one of David's mighty men. That's the kind of books I like. You know why? Because they strengthen my faith. They don't impress my intellect. And don't misunderstand that. Please, don't misunderstand that. Do you ever lose that simple trust and that sense of wonder? Doesn't matter how intellectual you are. You've lost the most important thing. Now, let me, let me tell you what, I, what the Lord gave me from this text that I wasn't initially expecting. Because that's the heart of the message right there. Entering the kingdom like a little child. Absolutely dependent. Simple trust. Just believe. And then never lose that sense of wonder that, oh, what God has done for me that allows me to be a part of his kingdom. Now, what this statement by Jesus does for us, also, it helps us identify wrong paths that people are trying to find truth in, life in, eternal life. 
uh, the answer to life, the kingdom, whatever. It helps us to identify wrong paths. For example, one of the five major religions in the world, and the five major religions in the world are Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, New Age, and Christianity. Those are the five major religions in the world. More people following those paths than any other. So I chose those because we don't have time to get into all of them. Because there's a lot of beliefs out here. I've, I've tried to simplify this so everybody can understand it. Hinduism is a basic belief that karma is the issue. And the spiritual principle of cause and effect, that's the most simple way to uh, define karma. And so what you want is good karma versus bad karma. Now, uh, Hindus don't believe that you can, you can get enough good karma in one lifetime. So you have to be reincarnated. And it's going to take several lifetimes to build up enough good karma versus bad karma. And uh, ultimately, you'll reach a place where uh, you won't have to be reincarnated anymore because you've reached um, the goal. I've never met anybody that's reached the goal. Unless, of course, they couldn't communicate with you because they were reincarnated, reincarnated as a rabbit or something like that. By the way, it's not a good thing. You did really bad karma in the first life if you come back as a rabbit. I'm not trying to make fun. It just That's what it is. People believe this kind of stuff. The second is Buddhism. I don't know if you realize this, but Buddhists don't worship Buddha. For years, I didn't know that. Matter of fact, Buddhists don't worship any god. They honor Buddha because they believe Buddha has arrived at where they're striving to get to. And where are they striving to get to? Nirvana. And the simplest way to say it is the blowing out of the flame of desire. Which is interesting, isn't it? You have a knowledge there's something wrong with my desire. Now I got to work toward purifying my desires. And that's the whole goal. And when you reach the place that you purify your desires, you've reached nirvana. I've never met anybody that's reached nirvana. There's what's called the eightfold path, each starting with sama, sama ditti, sama uh, sankapa, uh, and I don't have time to go through all of them, but sama, all start with sama because sama is the word that in our English means summit. In other words, you're striving now uh, to reach the summit, and the summit is nirvana. And let me tell you, it's a lot of work. And just like with Hinduism, uh, Buddhism, you can't achieve it in one lifetime. You have to keep coming back and coming back and coming back and reincarnation and reincarnation. And then there's Islam. Islam is more simple to understand. Uh, the belief in Allah, Allah is the one all-powerful and very strict judge. And he'll be merciful, merciful toward followers uh, that have sufficiently done good works and been religiously devoted to him. And there are several ways you can do that. You repeat a creed about Allah and Muhammad on a regular basis. You recite certain prayers in Arabic five times a day, so you got to learn Arabic. Uh, you give to the needy. Uh, once a month, one month each year, you fast from food, drink, sex, and smoking from sunrise to sunset. And then... Uh, one goal is a pilgrimage to uh, a worship at a shrine in Mecca sometime during your life. That goes a long way. 
Allah really likes it if you go there. And based on your faithfulness uh, to your duties, uh, if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, and that's the simplest way to explain Islam. If your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, then at the end of your life, Allah will welcome you into paradise. And so, man, you, you better work hard and be devoted because everything depends on your devotion and everything depends on your effort. Now, one thing that people that believe in Islam love is there's one guaranteed way to enter paradise. And you don't have to worry about whether your, your good deeds are outweighing your bad deeds. And, and maybe you feel like my bad deeds have really outweighed my good deeds and I need to do something to fix this. And there's one way you can fix it. Martyrdom. You give your life for the cause, become a suicide bomber, etc., and you are guaranteed entrance into paradise. That's what they believe. That's why they have no shortage of finding people who are willing to give their life for the cause of Allah. Because you are guaranteed now salvation and paradise. And then, I've saved some of the best for last, there's new age. Promotes the development of a person's own power or divinity. When referring to God, a follower of new age is not talking about a transcendent personal God who created the universe, but is referring to higher consciousness within themselves. A person in new age would see themselves as God and the cosmos as God and the universe and everything you see and hear and feel or you imagine is considered to be divine. There are a lot of different levels of this and different views, but it all comes down to uh, what you believe, and, and the earth, the earth is the source of all spirituality. My power bill came, I just paid it uh, just the other day, and uh, a little thing in the power bill envelope uh, reminding me that Earth Day is coming in St. Petersburg, don't want to miss it, this month. Self is the God of new age. Anything negative a person experiences, failure, sadness, anger, selfishness, hurt, is considered an illusion. Believing themselves to be completely sovereign over their life, nothing about their life is wrong, negative, or painful. Eventually, a person develops spirituality to the degree that there is no objective external reality. That person then becomes a god and creates their own reality. Now, there's one more I'm going to add. Because it's right in our own backyard, and a lot of famous people uh, believe in it and follow it, and that's Scientology. Now, it's not, not one of the five major religions, but still, it's making a big difference, especially in our area. John Travolta, Priscilla Presley, Tom Cruise, uh, Curtsy Alley, Edgar Winter, for you old rock and rollers, they all subscribe to Scientology. And um, you talk about a weird one. Your goal is to be clear. And it's a gradual thing, and you freedom, getting freedom from what's called engrams. Engrams uh, are only in the reactive mind, and it's stored in the reactive mind, mental images, uh, not readily available to the conscious mind, things you don't even know that have affected your life. 
I don't have time to get into how you become clear, but Scientologists believe that clears become more successful in their daily lives, are healthier, experience less stress, and possess better communication skills. Tom Cruise is very revered in the Scientology community uh, because of his success. And here's how we close. Then there's Christianity. And Christianity is not about achieving, but receiving. Religion says, tell me what I need to do. Christianity says, receive by faith what Jesus did. The kingdom of God is for those who have zero status, zero ability to help themselves in life. For those who feel unimportant, for those who feel shunned, those who feel left out. The humble are readily welcomed into Jesus' kingdom. But the proud must first humble themselves like a little child. And the only way you're going to come in to Jesus' kingdom is completely dependent. Believing simply in what Jesus did on the cross. And then once you enter his kingdom, hopefully you never lose the sense of wonder and thankfulness. Oh God, what you have done for me. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. The righteous will live by faith. Some of us need to be reminded of that. And some of us who have failed as Christians, last but not least, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Strengthen how? In the faith. In the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. When David sinned so terribly and Nathan the prophet came to him, 1 Samuel chapter 12, and Nathan, as he comes to him, points the finger in David's face, rightly so, you are the man, you are the sinner. And under the law, David should have been stoned to death. And the Lord through the prophet says to David, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. And Christian, penance is not biblical. Penance is a self-affliction because you've blown it. There's no such thing as penance in the Bible. Being sorry for your sin, yes, but there's nothing you can do except come back again to the Savior that welcomed you into the kingdom to start with because you completely depended on him, because you simply believed him. And in a sense of wonder, you entered that kingdom. And now the maintenance in staying in that kingdom has nothing to do with how well you've done. And so if you've blown it, come to the throne of grace and find grace and mercy. And don't kick yourself anymore because there's nothing you can do but fall back on the grace and mercy of God. And then be like a kid. And just like you receive the gift, now receive the fresh forgiveness. Don't ever lose the wonder of being a child of God.
Thanks for joining us today to study the book of Mark on the Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings throughout the Bible at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to stay up to date with the latest teachings and videos. Feel free to share them with your friends and family. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send that email. In addition to that, we'd love to meet you in person. So if you're in the St. Petersburg area, join us for our weekly services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We're also live streaming our services for those who are at home or live further away. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. Once more, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. There's more to learn in the book of Mark. Pastor Danny will continue looking into this important gospel book right here on The Living Word.